Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today is Friday, October 27th, 2022. The weather today will be a high of 12 degrees in Edmonton, 10 degrees in Calgary, and 13 degrees in Saskatoon. And you know what, Everly? I gave you the wrong date. I told you it was the 27th, but it's actually the 28th. Sorry about that. 28th today? Yeah. Good job, though. Very cool. Very cool. Good morning, everybody. We're broadcasting live as we do every morning, Monday through Friday, on the Podbean app. We are also broadcasting live through Facebook today. I thought I'd give it a shot again. Um, someone made a comment. Said, "Why don't you do the Facebook? Uh, or so? Why don't you do the the podcast live?" And uh, I said, "Well, it's because." Um, Sorry, why don't you do, oh, man, I can't talk. I can't talk when I see myself. I got too many things going on right here. Okay, now I'm all messed up. Why don't you do video while you do the podcast? Because it'd be so much more content. And I said, uh, well, to be honest, um, it's six o'clock in the morning. And uh, normally I'm, 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 I'm half awake. You don't want to see this face. But I guess I could uh, splash some water in my face. You're definitely not going to get Gabby on camera first thing in the morning. Um. No, thank you. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to give it a shot. We, we tried it out. <clears throat> we tried it out um, when we first started doing the morning show a little over a year ago. And then I, I just I just stopped doing it because it's just a lot of work. But anyways, we'll give it a shot today and see how it sounds. And, let, you know, if you're watching on Facebook, um, let us know how the, the audio quality is, if you can hear Gabby as well. So, But uh, I want to say hello to everybody who's on the podcast on Podbean this morning. Um, in the chat, we got, uh, who do we got here? Ryan, we got Ken, Kirsten, Nathan, Don's here, Francis is here, Chaston's here, Jared is here with a big good morning, Joshua's <laughs> here as well. Elray. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sean. Yeah. <laughs> Jared says it's too early to be that enthusiastic. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Matt is here. Good I know morning, the feeling. Matt. I know the feeling. Good morning, Kyle. Good morning, Amanda. Joey. Good morning. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, guys. Um, so if you're tuning in live on either Facebook or on the Podbean app, uh, let us know what you want to talk about today. The show is about you guys. So if you guys got any questions about real estate investing, um, you know, write it in the comments. Feel free to call in. Um, let us know what you want us to talk about, what you want us to, to discuss. If there's anything that you're struggling with right now, we'll talk through it and uh, we'll get through it so you can take some action today. How about uh, some upcoming events while we're waiting for that? Absolutely. So tonight, October 28th in Edmonton, we have our REI Masters Sponsored Investor Meetup at our Parkview Flip from 5.30 to 7.30 tonight. There will be candy. Bring your children. Have we picked up that candy yet? Yes. Okay. I'm surprised you didn't see it sitting on the table last night and you didn't get into it. Um, I guess I was <laughs> occupied. 
we had our uh, master's coaching session last night. So I was, yeah. I was doing that late and then uh, getting ready for bed. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's tonight. We're excited to see everybody. I think it might be sold out. It was uh, one ticket left yesterday afternoon. So. Mark Mark came and snagged it last night. Oh, nice. Mark, uh, Mark who? Hello, Mark. Uh, you don't know Mark. Oh, oh hi, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark snagged it. Um, you're going to meet Mark. Cool. Mark uh, slid into my DMs. Oh. And um, and he asked if he can bring a plus one. Nice. Awesome. Um, but he snagged that last ticket. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I can't remember. Okay. So that's uh, that's tonight. Um, tomorrow in Calgary, we have the exact same meetup, but um, in Calgary at our Lake Bonavista flip. Um, so if you want to get tickets for that, not sure if it's too late, there might be some tickets left. You can go to the real estate investing masters free Facebook page. And the event is, uh, the link for the event is pinned to the top of the page. Tickets are free. Uh, yeah. Wayne will be there. Come say hello. Yep. I'll be Jared, there. Jared, Crystal. Yep. Jared and Crystal as well. Are Matt and Taylor coming? I do not believe so. No. Okay. I'm seeing... I'm seeing people that are on the Podbean app and on Facebook at the exact same time. And I mean... Weirdos. I was going to say loyalty. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 a very, very cool event. Uh, Ken's never been to one. So Ken's like, what can we expect for discussion tonight? This is my first time coming out to an REI Masters networking event. Oh. Well, candy for starters. <laughs> You can expect candy. Um, you can expect, uh, well, you get to go through the house either. Uh, usually Wayne ends up with like a cohort of people going on like a tour with him. The Wayne train. <laughs> Don't expect me to do that. Follow Wayne, not me. <laughs> I'll be standing in the kitchen chatting. <laughs> um, but yeah, you get to check out the property and then um, basically at some point about halfway through, um, once everybody's kind of showed up, that's the other thing is it's, it's totally drop in. You don't need to be there from 530 to 730 the whole time. Mm -hmm. um, but about halfway through, we gather everybody in um, the house or the backyard and um, you can ask questions and kind of go through the details of the property and the renovation and stuff. And uh, yeah, very informal. We haven't planned like a presentation or anything like that. It's just uh, everybody gets to get together and chat and network with each other. And, uh, yeah, maybe your next joint venture partner is uh, going to be there tonight. Ken? Yeah, great for networking. And uh, like Gabby said, we'll we'll do a little bit of a presentation probably around like 6.30, 7-ish, something like that. We'll talk about the property, how we got it, how we acquired it, the renovations that we've done, <clears throat> the numbers. Any questions you guys have, we're an open book. You can just come on out and we'll kind of gather in a little bit of a circle and you can ask any questions that you want about the property. Um, it's a fun learning experience as well. Um, more so for you guys to network. We want we want you guys to be able to network with um, other people that are taking action, right? Yeah. And if you're just interested in meeting us and seeing us and hanging out with us, that's always fun too. Yeah. We do. Because we, like, we like seeing you. Yeah. And we do like about three quarters of the way through, we um, get in a circle and sing Kumbaya. No? No, we don't. Okay. No, we're not going to do that. Not this time. Okay. Okay, no kumbaya. <laughs> um, Kyle, Kyle's flip went unconditional yesterday. What? Yeah, baby. That's 
That's awesome. awesome. Congratulations. Such a good feeling. People on Facebook can't hear my sound effects. <laughs> oh, yeah. we're playing, we're, I'm playing the sound effects. Um, <laughs> uh, well, Didn't I just say the other day that like once you finally put your flip on the market, it's like that's that's my least favorite part. It's the worst part. It's like waiting for to see what's going to happen. And sometimes within 24 hours you have an offer and sometimes it takes three Maybe. or four weeks. Um, so yeah, it's like, that's to me, that's like the worst part of a flip. So say, congratulations. That yeah. unconditional is like such a sigh of relief. They say the waiting is the hardest part. <laughs> Where's my Tom Petty fans this morning? Right here, baby. <laughs> Love me some Tom Petty. Congrats. Yes. Congratulations, Kyle. Uh, can they, can they hear me on the, on the Facebooks? Hey, guys on Facebook, can you hear Gabby okay? Let me know. Um, uh, Jared Como is currently driving to Edmonton for the meetup. He's coming into Edmonton, and then he's going to be driving back um, for the Calgary meetup tomorrow. So you'll get to see Jared and myself at both meetups. Nice. Um, Josh A. had a ticket for Calgary tomorrow, but he won't be making it. Tried to figure out how to go on and cancel my ticket, but couldn't figure that out. Please open up my spot tomorrow if, poss if possible and not too late. Okay, so if anybody is um, is really wanting to go to the Calgary networking event tomorrow, just send me a DM or uh, email me at info at reimorningshow.com and you will get, uh, uh, and I'll get you linked up with that. It's pretty exciting. Jared will be here. Mm-hmm. Jared, Jared doesn't like Calgary or Edmonton. He doesn't like Calgary. <laughs> uh, Ken is wondering if we have any celebrity um, guests coming, um, like Liam or Carlos. I do believe Liam will be there. I'm not sure if Carlos will be there. Carlos did get a ticket. Carlos got a ticket. <laughs> you can expect any photo that you take tonight. Uh, Carlos will be in the background with his wide, mouth wide open. It's <laughs> my Carlos impression. <laughs> You can't see it, but uh, okay. What else we got going on in the chat? Who's Actually, who's coming with Jared? Who's Jared bringing? Might be bringing Crystal. Might be coming. I'm not sure. Um, <clears throat> Sean wants to go tonight, but it's uh... <laughs> Sean. Rephrase that. Um, Sean's lovely wife's birthday tonight and yeah. he's occupied happily happily occupied okay, Jared says nobody but he got two tickets so you guys there's another ticket up for grabs all right <laughs> okay let's take a little commercial break you guys I'm talking about you on Facebook and you on uh, on Podbean uh, listening to the live show give us something to talk about yeah hit us with your questions I've been I've been on camera way too much lately, and I'm running out of things to talk about. So, here we go. I mean, I could find something to talk about, but but I want it to be about you guys, not about me. And in the meantime, Gabby, start thinking about what we're working on today and what we're working on this week, and see if we can uh, we can um, put something together. Can I just wait? Can I just say one second? <clears throat> yes. I just realized because Jared's like Joey. Why did you get me two tickets? But it's probably for Joey. Maybe Joey was like trying to be secretive that he's coming because I don't think Joey got a, another ticket. I didn't see his name there. 
I'm incredibly confused by all this. Okay, never mind. Carry on my wayward son. Some of you might have heard us talking about DCI Properties and how much we like their process and deal flow as one of the premier wholesaling companies in Canada. But one of the things most people don't know about DCI Properties is that they don't cherry pick deals for themselves. Everything they get under contract, they offer out to their buyers list. That's right. No sloppy seconds from no DCI. No sloppy seconds. So if you're an investor looking for their next flip project or cash flowing rental property, get on their buyers list today and check out their inventory. To get on the list for Alberta deals, visit www.dciproperties.ca slash Alberta buyers or for Ontario deals, go to www.dciproperties.ca slash buyers. And we are back. So. How is Facebook people going to know who our sponsors are? DCI Properties. <laughs> you didn't hear the commercial though. Okay. Yes, uh, Dawn says on Facebook that she can't hear the, uh, the the DCI ad. Of course you can't. That's why you got to tune in live into the, the morning show on the podcast. But um, looks like we got some comments here. Do you want to get through those? Uh, sure. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, like as in the question that has come up. Mm -hmm. Okay. We have a question. Um, oh, where did it go? Okay. Alan says, hello. Good morning, Alan. Hello, Wayne and Gabby. How do you define a successful real estate investor? At which point can you call yourself a real estate investor? I want to hear your answer. I think... Okay, first thing, I'm going to start uh, on your last question. So uh, at which point can you call yourself a real estate investor? Have you invested in real estate? Do you own a property? Mm -hmm. Congratulations, you are a real estate investor. Yeah. I think that is the point in which you can call yourself a real estate investor. Yeah? Yeah, I gave you permission at that point. Okay. Yeah. Um, how would I define a successful real estate investor? Um, I don't think that it's up to me to define a successful real estate investor. I think that's up to you to decide when you what you would consider success. Because I think that success comes when you start taking action and you are working towards your goals. Um, I think that you're successful along the way to reaching your goals as long as you're taking action and moving forward. Um, some people might consider success once you've reached your goals, but your goals might be different than, well, your goals are different, not might be, they are different than every other single person here with us today and out there in the real estate investing world. So, um, somebody who might really want to own three rental properties and pay them off in 20, 30 years and, and, and that's their, their goal and their plan. Um, there's, I think they've become successful when they buy their three properties and are sitting on them and renting them. Whereas somebody else might want 200 doors and that's a whole different journey. So it doesn't make them more successful to own 200 doors than it does the person whose goal was to own three. I think they've both reached success within their real estate investing journeys. Definition of success is the achievement of a desired goal. So there if you you've, go. you've achieved your desired goal, then you're successful. Um, but I guess what I'm curious about is 
why are you so concerned about the definition of a successful real estate investor? Well, part two of the question Alan puts in here is, do you compare yourself with other successful investors? Okay. And I appreciate you sending in questions and, and I don't mean to be the guy that, that like says, Hey, sending questions and you sending questions that I tear it apart <laughs> and I make you not want to ask any questions anymore. But I, I, I'm, I'm just wondering because I'm, because I care if there's some underlying thing going on right now, where there's some sort of an identity issue, there's some sort of an imposter syndrome thing going on right now. Um, based off of the, the questions that you have, um, I don't know if you're just asking questions just to be nice and give us something to talk about, or if there's something something that we need to discuss here. Because um, if you're concerned about other people, then then, then there's a problem. Um, <clears throat> I'm contradicting myself right now because if you listen to the show earlier this week, I talked about how I'm in competition with everybody. Like I'm the best. You know, we talked yeah. about ego, yeah, right, and how it's your superpower. And how I, I I do compare myself to others, I do I use it as, I use it as 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 jet fuel. Um, but that's that's me and and, and um, how I operate. That's not everybody, but um, I don't feel like you should be concerned about what other people are doing and comparing yourself to them, um, because it has nothing to do with achieving your goals. It really doesn't. It has nothing to do with achieving your goals how many properties someone else has or how much faster other people are reaching their definition of their goals has nothing to do with you reaching your goals. Right? I think there's a difference between um, direct comparison when you use it as a means to tear yourself apart and comparison when you are saying, wow, look at what this person is doing and you're using it as fuel to know that you can work harder, be better, do more. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, there's a difference between like what you're pulling out of that comparison. If you're pulling negativity towards yourself and saying, I'm not good enough, look at how much they've accomplished and I can't even do this. Like if you're pulling that out of it, then it's a negative thing and it's destructive to your happiness. But if you're pulling inspiration and like, holy shit, I, I can I can do more. I can I can put more into this and move faster and do better. And if you use it as like that, yeah, um, to kind of push yourself instead of to tear yourself down, then I think that's healthy comparison because it's reminding yourself that you do have more if that's what you want. I hate when people compare themselves when they're on a different journey, though. When your goal is to have three properties and somebody else's is to have a shit ton and to do really big, audacious things, then why are you even like, why, why are you even following that person? <laughs> there I, is no comparison. Well, to be honest, I, I think that the person who reaches their goal of three properties is more successful than the person who wants a quote unquote shit ton. Um, I think that people um, are very ignorant and they measure people's success by the amount of deals that they do and how much money they make, which has nothing to do with it. 
I think success is doing things that other, in, in my definition, at least not, not Wikipedia's. My definition is people who do things that other people don't do that other people have never done and people who reach, um, reach their goals. They set a goal, they set a target and they achieve it on a regular basis. They are successful. They are full of success because they, they succeed every single goddamn day. Right. When other people talk about their goals, these people crush their goals on a regular basis. That doesn't mean you need to do something audacious every single day. Sometimes it's just checking off one or two things off the list, but constantly progressing towards your goals. You are full of success. That's my definition of it. That is my definition of a successful person, someone who is full of success. You can be, you can, you can read, you can be successful in reaching your goal. Would someone call you successful though? Reaching your goal was a success. You succeeded once, but are you successful? And I think that's why some people are called successful is just because of like of the things that they do on a regular basis, you know, the, the, the ceilings that they, they, that they smash through on a, on a, you know, on a regular basis. That's my opinion of it, but none of that should matter in regards to um, you and your journey. I um, I do. So the second part of your question, I do me. So you asked me. I think they asked me. Do you compare yourself with other investors all the time? All the time, because I'm always trying. I'm all, for me personally. I'm a very competitive person. I'm um, I'm always trying to stay ahead of the curve. If I see somebody else doing what I'm doing, I'm going to do it better. And that's just me because um, that's, that's, that's also business as well. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm in business and in order to succeed, you need to stay ahead, right? Um, and if you ask me, I never compare myself to anyone, so, <laughs> ever. So there's the answer to your It doesn't even cross my mind. Everyone's going to be different. Um, at what point, I want to go back to it, which, and there's lots of questions here and I got questions from yesterday I forgot about. So I'm going to get through all these questions today. Um, at what po- at which point do you call yourself a real estate investor? If you're asking for the permission of that, the, here's, here's the one thing. The community is extremely generous in that respect. Um, the real estate investing community, because you would assume coming into this community that people would be like, You've only got one property. You're not a six, you're not a real estate investor. You can't call yourself a real estate investor. But shockingly, the community is actually really generous in in allowing people to call themselves real estate investors. Um, hell, I see people who take a, a weekend boot camp and call themselves a real estate investor, and they change their 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 Facebook profiles and stuff like that, and they call themselves, you know sophisticated investors sophisticated investors because they took a course um i think that's a bit of a stretch but ultimately if you have invested in real estate go for it call yourself a real estate investor because you have are you investing in real estate and call yourself a real estate investor uh multifamily for a great example i had a great conversation with um someone years ago at at an event and we were comparing each other um, not comparing each other. We were comparing our, our, our businesses and our journeys. And he, uh, was in multifamily. He was looking at multifamily in, um, in BC 
and I was in single family houses. So we caught up after a couple of years and he said, what have you been up to? And I'm like, well, I did this, 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 this. I bought this residential, I did this rent to own, I did this agreement for sale. I did this flip. I did this burr. I added a, a bunch of secondary suites. He go, oh, wow. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm actually in the process, like a six month process of doing due diligence on this, uh, this multifamily building in Castlegar. And uh, I'm pretty close to closing on it. And I'm like, dude, multifamily is so different <laughs> because you will spend six to 12 months like finding a property, locking it up, doing your diligence, doing all these inspections and everything else, and then walking away from it and then doing the whole process all over again. But I can't, you, you can't say that I'm doing more work than you because you're doing just as much work as me. But when you do close on that property, it's probably equal in value to all of the stuff that I did on a micro level. So he's just doing just bigger deals. <laughs> so he's closing on a, you know, a, a 50 unit building or something like that. But I bought 12 properties. You know what I mean? It's about the same. If you look at it, it's like a value, how much, how much the, you know, the property costs. Um, so it's just a different game. So is, am I more success? Like, is, is, do I have more justification to call myself a real estate investor than him? Cause he's doing just as much work. It's just, he just buys a lot slower than I do. Yeah. So I remember that conversation and it reminds me of this. So it does that not make him a real estate investor. No, he's a real estate investor. He's doing, he's, he's investing in real estate, but his, his process is much slower. So yeah. And so your question is, if you own a rental property, just you can go ahead and call yourself a real estate investor. Um, Jared wanted to push back on something you said. Oh. Okay. Um, and it was in relation to the, you know, when people take a, a weekend boot camp and say they're sophisticated real estate investors and they change their profiles and all that kind of stuff. Don't don't put me on the spot, Jared. No, I th I th I'm going to push back on Jared. Okay. Yeah. So Gabby loves to fight with Jared for some reason. <laughs> I'm not fi I'm not fighting with Jared, and I don't love to fight with Jared. <laughs> Um, so Jared says that thoughts become things. If you actively say you're an investor, eventually you will become an investor. But where I push back on that is like, to me, basically what you're saying is fake it till you make it. And I do not in any form believe in fake it till you make it. I think it's awful. I think it's the worst. And I think there's a difference between, you know, you say thoughts become things and 100% thoughts become things. But when you're going around and introducing yourself, like if I were to go around and be like, hi, I'm an accountant. Hi, I'm a sophisticated accountant. Hello, I'm an accountant. Trust me with your money. Mm -hmm. And then people are like, oh, you're an accountant. Can I work with you? Yeah. Okay. They're like uh, just in comparison. It's a manipulation. It's a manipulation. I, I can I can look in the mirror and know that I want to become an accountant, and I can say, "Gabby, you're a goddamn motherfucking accountant. <laughs> you're the baddest bitch of an accountant that there is out there." There's a certification involved with that one. So. Okay. Oh, but I do you know? I I, I think I made my point I, though. Yeah, the manipulation. Yeah. So and if I'm telling myself, and if I'm going, if I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to become an accountant, and like, I have what it takes, and I'm looking in the mirror, and I'm telling myself that, and I'm having mantras, and I have all the internal talk required to believe that I'm going to become an accountant. Fantastic. Let me give you a better example. I'm a basketball player. Yeah, I, I, I've shot a few hoops for, with my seven-year-old. 
Yeah. Um, they didn't necessarily go in because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, um, I have, I have, um, I have an issue with height and, um, does that mean I'm a competitive one? Does that mean I'm a successful basketball player? Um, what I was going to get at with you, and I completely agree with you and Jared both. Um, it's the intention. What, when, when you say that, what is your intention? What are you doing with that? If you're walking into networking events and saying, Hey, I've got this amazing, you know, deal. It's a $3.4 million deal. I'm a successful real estate investor or I'm a real estate investor. People are going to think that you've been doing real estate investing and you haven't, and you are manipulating them to believe that you have experience and education and that they should invest with you. And that's where it gets a little, little gray because, you know, all of us, we all need a shot. We all need a chance. We need someone to take a chance on us early in the game. That first one or two joint venture partners are the hardest because they ask you, okay, what have you done? Um, I took this boot camp <laughs> and they told me to change my Facebook profile. Um, well, if you're being honest with them, they're probably going to say, go get some more experience. I really like your attitude. Um, but it just, I don't feel hundred percent comfortable with it. seems like a very big deal. Um, now if you, if you say, oh yeah, oh yeah, I, I can do it. I've got lots of experience. Then you're lying. Right? So I don't think you should lie to people. That's the thing. Don't lie to people about it. I think that you can put out, this is why we tell people to put out continuous content because you're not lying. Put out a piece of content every day about real estate investing. And it's the, it's the optics of it. The people can see that you are studying and people can see that, you know, you know what you're talking about and they could see seven months of you posting content about real estate. It's quite clear. You know what you're talking about. And then if they ask, if they can partner with you, you say, yes, but never, ever, ever lie. <laughs> now, every industry that I know in the consulting industry, in real estate investing, in options, trading, and stuff like that, oh, man, so it seems like every one of those industries, they tell you to, they, they don't tell you to fake it till you make it, but they give you the script. They give you the script. And some of the most, quote, unquote, successful people have all faked it until they made it. And I can name so many goddamn names in our industry that I've watched and I've scrolled back. You just scroll back, scroll back long enough and you'll find it. They're all full of shit, right? To sell programs and to sell, you know, that kind of stuff and services. Um, so it's, it's a bit of a conundrum. You know, do you want to be successful like they are? Well, they cheated. But in my opinion, I think that you can do it in an honest way. You want to know how I know you can you can reach your goals and succeed in your goals in an honest way? Because I did it. I've never lied once. Just put in the work. And then when we couldn't get joint venture deals, I learned how to do deals myself with seller financing. And then I brought joint venture partners in on those because I was able to show them that I was able to do it. Mm-hmm. I literally have a podcast every morning at 6 a.m. I cannot lie. I have meetups, seems like, every week. I cannot lie. I'm not lying about my deals. Like, I'm walking around in my underwear. Like, there's, 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 no, like, <laughs> there's, no, there's no fibbing here. There's nothing. Everybody knows everything about me, and everybody asks everything about what I do. I keep one or two things private just for, like, legal and proprietary reasons. Otherwise, we're completely open book. So if you're wondering, can you make it 
without faking it. Yes. Listen, listen when I talk every morning. When I tell you guys to do things that you don't do, you you cannot say, oh, it doesn't work because you haven't tried it. You're not listening. You're not willing to put in the work, the hard things. I think that sums up his like the answer to his question. The confidence that you come you show up with is very, very important. Never lie, just be confident. Confident in your own self and your own abilities. <clears throat> Anything else on that before I change topics? No. Okay. Yeah, if you can stay wherever we are up top, I'll watch the bottom. Sure. You think Jared had a question next, didn't he? Uh, Jeremy's talking about uh, with many cities expanding the transit system and the expected changed, uh, change for zoning within the city of Edmonton, how much attention should investors pay to transit-oriented rentals? Um, obviously, you should always pay attention to where there's changes in your market. Um, if, especially with transit, because some of the highest most highest valued and, and, and most popular properties are right on the edge of your core, your downtown cores or your, or your working uh, centers in your, in your city or your markets. <clears throat> so a lot of people want to be close to work or they want to be close to transit that will get them to work. So if there is word or expectations of transit to be added to make it easier for them to get to those cores, then yeah, the value of the properties around those areas are going to go up. Great example, you know, for the last 10 years was the uh, the LRT in Edmonton. Um, everybody flocked to Mill Woods for the last 10 years because the LRT was going to go all the way down uh, 75th Street, 66th. Where's the station? 66 in like 34th Ave or 23rd Ave? I don't know. But basically all of the, all of the stops on the way from 23rd Ave all the way up to downtown, all the stops. And the same thing on the West End uh, leg of the LRT as well. Um, you don't want to own right next to the stop. You want to own like half a kilometer away from the stop because you don't want all the transients near your property, your rental property. But you just want it just far enough away that someone could walk easily to the LRT, get on the transit and, and get to work, right? Mm -hmm. So the value of those properties did go up. They didn't go up as much as they should have, but there were a lot of other factors that came into play in the last few years um, with the real estate market that kind of, it kind of affected a lot of things that should have happened. Um, but a lot of people flocked to the, you know, those, those areas. Uh, a lot of people are flocking to the West end as well um, for the expansion over there. Um, but yeah, definitely. I mean, should, should investors pay attention? 100%. Always. Um, because a lot of people, a lot of people who rent are focused on transit. I don't think that like some people get caught up in like needing to be like, you know what I mean? Like waiting and like what's going to happen? When's the shovel's going to hit the ground? When's that contract going to go through? And then like scouring, trying to find a deal in those areas. Like I don't think it should prevent you from investing in other pockets that aren't right on transit lines. Like Never try and time the market. No. 
And like, I think to our rental portfolio, I don't think we have any properties that are like super transit friendly and we have a fantastic cash flowing portfolio. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's not the only thing to consider, um, but definitely pay attention and there can be opportunities when those things do, when the shovels do hit the ground, when those stations do open. So, yeah. Um, Jeremy with another question, uh, should investors buy properties that could be in the path of progress if the municipalities haven't formalized a plan to invest in that area? The city of Edmonton is looking to increase density, but haven't put much effort into doing so, relatively speaking. Just as Gabby said, you know, unless shovels are in the ground, I mean, you don't have to, it's not like you, you know, you heard, you sat down in the, in the city, um, meeting or, you know, the town meeting, and you heard that they're proposing that they want to increase density. So suddenly you start buying up properties ahead of time because you want to be the first one in there before like the real estate prices, you know, skyrocket. It's not going to, it's not going to dramatically, especially like in a big city like Evanston, it's not going to dramatically increase your prices around there. You it may force it to move up a little bit. The demand will go up for sure. Um, it may, it may change the, um, I don't want to say character, but it may change. Like you notice some 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 neighborhoods have like a bad reputation, and then you know they start knocking down houses and building you know really fancy houses um, because they change zoning there, and suddenly the whole I'll use character for back a lack of better words. The whole character of that neighborhood changes. Mill Woods in the eighties was like I'll use that as an example. Mill Woods was like a gang area, like shootings all the time, but now it's like a peaceful little neighborhood, and. People they say, oh, Mill Hood, Mill Hood, but like it's it's actually significantly better now. Is it is it is it trendy or do we have uh, fancy coffee shops? No, but you know the crime is definitely the whole the vibe of the the neighborhood has definitely changed. Um, like Mill Creek area, you know what I mean? Um, ha- haven't you heard that there's like a teen gang like terrorizing Mill Woods though? <laughs> is there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, <haven't, laughs> I I have not heard that, but anyways. Um, I mean, that would be the, you know, perhaps if, you know, let's use Alberta Avenue as as an example. Um, You know, they're putting a lot of work into Alberta Avenue. And then what's just west of Alberta Ave? I can't remember. Uh, Not Dalton. (sighs) Dalton is east. Uh, Dalton's north, isn't it? Yeah, northeast, I think. Someone help me out in the comments here. You're watching the chat, eh? Sure. Nate is west of Alberta Avenue. Yes, it uh, is. Westwood, um, Westwood, like, you know, like, yeah, I guess it's just Westwood and uh, Spruce Avenue. But, you know, like a lot of those areas, um, they're saying are actually in a revitalization stage. Yeah, I think that those, those that doesn't happen fast, though. No, like revitalization simple. is like, it can be like decades before it's actually like not shit anymore. You know what I mean? Like, it's good when they start to, you know, acknowledge that and start to make changes, but it's not overnight. Um, so that's why, like, when when people are like, oh, yeah, it's up and coming, it's in revitalization, and then, like, they hang on to that. It's <laughs> like, for how long? Like, was this, is, did city council announce this last night? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's, it's hard you to, to be careful. It. It's hard to change that vibe. Yeah. Um. Because especially like I'll use Alberta Avenue as, as an example, there's a whole lot of transients. Um, and let's what's what's the most uh, politically correct uh, way to explain the neighborhood, Gabby? So I don't shoot myself. 
I don't get canceled. <laughs> um, I I don't know. It's just not a good area. <laughs> Where's our PR specialist? Um, there's, there's um, a lot you'll, of crime because you'll, there's you'll find um needles in in on the sidewalks. And every every city has has the area where there's the most homelessness, and typically with the homelessness, you have a lot of uh, mental health issues, um, drug use, um, crime. So I can't you can't label every person who doesn't have a home as a thief and a drug user, um, but typically that's where that's where you see the majority of it. So in an area like Alberta Ave, there is a lot of theft and crime. There, I watch it when I go down there. Like it's like you can literally see it happening. You can yeah. see people walking away carrying stuff. You can see needles on the side of the the sidewalks. Yeah. Um, and when you'll you're, find homeless people sleeping on your inside your gate when you're walking when you're driving down one eighteen. Have you can literally see people dancing, um, like, like no one's watching. Yeah. Um, and then you'll just see randomly people just punching bricks. So, um, is that an area that you want to have your rental properties in? Well, not particularly because the likelihood of you know all of those things happening to your property is high. Also, your tenant profile. Does your tenant want to live in an area like that where they don't feel safe having their five-year-old playing in the front yard without grabbing a needle? You know what I mean? Or without being approached by someone asking for a sandwich? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's all. Yeah. Um, it takes time for neighborhoods like that to completely do a 180 because for the people who are living there, whether they're, you know, for the good ones and the bad ones, um, living in that area, maybe there's maybe there's a center helping people in that area, right? If the center is still there, then the people are still going to hang out there for mm -hmm. for their meals and their support, right? And it might it, though all the houses are being torn down and lots of new properties are getting put in, which are, we have we have a, a property in Alberta Avenue, and there's there's lots of new developments going in, lots. It's going to take some time for the community to change, though, the vibe to change. Yeah. Um, they're going to have to do a new center somewhere else. But, like, there's always going to be, you know, a, a community or an area for homelessness in each city. And that's kind of the area where where it is for, um, for Edmonton, at least. Yeah. Anyways, hopefully I didn't offend anyone. <laughs> But the, the thing though, the nice thing about having like, so we have a new development um, there and absolutely gorgeous suites. And the nice thing is that like we can attract good professional tenants because we have such a stunning product. Mm -hmm. um, but, and also they're, they're getting it a little bit cheaper. Like if we picked up our property and we put it in southwest edmonton we could probably rent it for a couple hundred dollars more yep. so they're getting a really really stunning suite for a lower a, price, a lower price. Yeah. and if they're doing you know like if they're doing business like if they work in the downtown core or you know on the outskirts it can be really um it could be a good location for transportation um, so it just depends on, you know, it might be harder to keep them long-term, but it's easy to attract them, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yes. 
Um, so I got a very serious question here. Um, okay. And um, is it? I, I want to thank everyone for, for chiming. I, I wish everybody would have put their comments and questions at the beginning of the show because now I've got too many questions that I'm literally copying and pasting them all into a Word document to yeah, catch we'll up. Yeah, we'll get to them all but next week. Ken has got a very serious question. I was just about to say, is it from Ken? Question is, I if, do want to talk if about aliens this. attacked, would real estate investors band together to fight the foe or compare for who did the best flip? Well, I mean, it's us. We did the best flip. So let's band together <laughs> and fight them aliens. <laughs> did Gabby just, did your ego just show? <laughs> did your ego just show? Can't touch us. <laughs> I don't kidding. know. Is Mitchell, so here, is Mitchell here today? <laughs> is he here? I haven't seen him. I saw some, I saw some parallels in his flips and stuff that you would find in our flips. <laughs> just saying. Parallels, inspirations. Just saying. Yeah, it is, it is flattering to see a lot of our stuff in other people's uh, flips. So that's just our ego talking. That's just Gabby's <laughs> ego talking. Ignore it. I love um, it. I love it too. Um, Means we're doing something right. 100%. It's validation. <laughs> that's a good question, Ken. I like that. Um, okay, so uh, where I am in the comments right now is Wayne is too short to play basketball. So that's how far behind I am. Yeah, that's a, a fact. <laughs> I am too. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. Hmm? Our egos aren't, aren't so big that we're like, what are you talking about? We're tall. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. I'm just scrolling. Um, Don says mulch. Mulch it. <laughs> when are we getting our mulch done over at Parkview? Uh, it could have happened yesterday. If yeah. not, maybe today. Might be some fresh mulch for the meetup today. <laughs> Okay. Um, uh, Sean is looking at Red Deer for when the bullet train goes YEG to YYC. I've I've had a lot of discussions about that too, and how and how that is going to change uh, the real estate market. The outliers, because, I think the outlying towns. Yeah, it's gonna make it easier to. Can you imagine like how many people, especially in today's in today's world, with um, since the pandemic, since they allowed people to work from home. The, the remote worker, the side hustler who turned their gig into a full-time gig. And now you're talking about creating a bullet train, a fast train that can get you from, what is it? The airport in Edmonton to Calgary in 45 minutes. I think it's like a 15 minutes to Red Deer. I think it was. Do we know how much it would cost for like a ticket? It was going to be pretty affordable from what I understand. Because <clears throat> I think that's dope. That is incredibly dope. <laughs> Was it? Am I, am I correct? Check in the comments. Is it forty-five minutes? Is that what it like? It's three hours to drive it. Nobody has confirmed. Someone can Google it really quickly. I got too many things going on yes. right now. Yes, Joshua Wingert says yes. It's forty-five. 45 minutes. Like the thought of driving to Calgary tomorrow for three hours there, three hours back is like, ugh, it sounds yeah. terrible. It's such a terrible drive. Forty-five minutes. Yeah. What is that? Twenty-five percent of the time. But like what happens when you get to the Edmonton airport? Like if you're coming from Calgary, then what? You need a car? Well, well, a lot of you are thinking right now, oh, I need to get some 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 commercial land there. And because there's going to be a lot more parking demand. Mm. Right? Yeah. And so what I'm trying to get at is when you think about things like that, what is that going to do 
for the real estate in the surrounding areas around Red Deer, for example. Yeah. Or Leduc. I think that people, I mean, I think it's so many people's dreams to like, to live a quieter life in the smaller towns. Outside of the big city. Outside of the big city. Um, but it's just not tangible. Like what you need, like most people just live where the jobs are, right? Mm-hmm. And the commute sucks. Um, people are hardcore when they, when they, you know, live in the outskirts and make, you know, an hour drive each way. It's up, especially if you have a family, like, yeah, it can be tough. So I think absolutely it'll, it'll change those outlying towns, bring more demand there. So are more people going to move outside of the city, um, knowing that when they do need to go into Edmonton or into, um, Calgary, that they can just hop on the train really quickly. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to change the game. I definitely think it's going to change the game. I think I think Leduc. It's like it's one more box checks for Leduc. That's for sure. Leduc has Leduc has so many boxes and just nothing changes. The, like <laughs> so many things should have exploded Leduc in the last six to seven years, um, but just like all these things happen, like the fires and the oil and the pandemic and everything else, so it never really happened. And then the you know the the, the interest uh, rates and stuff like that. So it's just Leduc never got it like just hanging on by a thread just like please amazon aurora pot plant costco <laughs> the mall casino horse airport racing. expansion <laughs> casino just just throwing auto stuff manufacturer at, auto manufacturer yeah. just throwing stuff at leduc like look we're outlet mall ex- outlet mall we're <laughs> ready to explode we have close commute to the airport if you work out of town or you fly up north nothing ever wah, happened. Wah. Wah, wah. prices went down La Duke. <laughs> <laughs> But now they're going to build a bullet train that is five <laughs> minutes away to get you to Calgary in 45 minutes. If that doesn't explode my Leduc real estate, I quit. Hey, I quit. no, I like our I like our little secret here. It's an amazing I rental quit. market. I quit. You can buy for way less than Edmonton and you get top notch tenants. Mm-hmm. That is true. Um, <laughs> uh Anyways, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how that changes the game. We're years away from that, but, and a lot of jobs, a lot of jobs. Yeah. That's another thing. Yeah. You can live in Leduc, you can live in Red Deer and, and build that train. Yeah. Um, there'll be lots of jobs on that. That's, it's, it's, I, I forgot about that too. Um, okay. Let me, let me see if I can handle a few of these questions before we wrap okay, up. Okay. I'm leaving at seven. What? Cleaner comes today. It's always my stressful morning. Got it. Um, have you ever turned a property originally intended for the for a rental into a flip property? Sorry, can you say that again? I wasn't listening. Have you ever turned a, a property originally intended for a rental mm-hmm. into a flip property? Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Negative. Not saying you can't, but we just haven't. Can that get like, brighter? That light get brighter? I don't know. Um, oh, it's it's my screen. I have a, I have everything on dark. Oh, and then as soon as I open up that word document, it's like that white just kind of. Oh yeah, yeah. You see it? <laughs> yeah. Um, like you like you purchased it and then you're like, oh shoot, 
these numbers don't actually work. I'm just going to flip it. Or like you've been renting it out for the past 10 years and now you want to renovate it, and renovate the it. crap out of it and sell it. I, I think mean, those are two different. You, you can, you can. Yeah. Uh, I think that, you know, for, for a property be, to be good for a flip, you need, um, you need good numbers. You need a good spread and you need a good after repaired value. So uh, in some markets, it's probably a lot easier to do than, than you know, in, in rising markets, you can probably, you know, buy it as a rental property. It goes up in value $100,000 overnight and then you sell it and quote unquote flip it. You don't necessarily have to renovate, you know, um, luxuriously in order to, to consider to flip. You can just, it'll increase in value. You sell it or you add a basement or a suite or something like that and you sell it. Um, that's fine. But typically for a flip, you the, the numbers are significantly different. You need a lot more of a spread on it. Mm-hmm. So um, I would say it wouldn't be as easy, but have we done it? We haven't, but that doesn't mean that you can't. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, Ryan Letniak is judging me. <laughs> is it stressful because you clean for the cleaner? <laughs> Well, yes. I, I, I missed. I said, I'm leaving at seven because the cleaner's coming and oh. it's my most stressful mornings. You have to clean for the cleaner. The cleaner doesn't like pick up your shit and put it away. The cleaner like scrubs your surfaces and like. The surfaces need to be cleared in order for them yeah, to Yeah, for them to, to clean it. So yes, but but no, I cleaned yesterday. Um, but I need to get like my kid out to school and all that kind of stuff. So I need to make sure that we hustle in the morning before the cleaner gets here. Okay. Yeah. Let me answer the oldest questions first. Um, do you have any experience with a JV wanting to use a credit card for the project to collect points? Mm. I'm glad you came back to this. I remember that question. Thoughts? Uh, yeah, I do have thoughts. Was that Joey? Yeah. Is Joey here this morning? Mm-hmm. He is? Mm-hmm. He's so quiet in here. Yeah. Never think, comments. Um, uh, I saw, yeah, he's here. Okay. Um, hello, Joey. <laughs> he said, hello, Gabby. Um, okay, so I do have thoughts on this. Can you just read the question one more time? Yeah, you betcha. Do you have any, ex- any experience with a joint venture wanting to use a credit card for the project to collect points? Pros and cons. Okay. Uh, no, we don't have experience um, with, with that being a, a request from one of our partners. Um, however, I do have thoughts on, on what my answer would be to that. So basically you are in control, correct? You are the partner who is making things happen and the other person is just the money partner bringing the money. So you want that money in your hands to do what you're going to do with it. I'm assuming, uh, like a flip or a burr, like those types of projects, right? Where you're needing the cash to get things done. And when you need to get them to make every purchase, that is going to significantly increase the timeline of your project. Yes. Because you need to be able to act like a fast mother effa um, and get things like, like I think of yesterday, like yesterday was a crapshoot for me. All these like last minute, like we need this, we need this on like several projects, actually all three of them that are wrapping up right now that we're trying to complete. All three of them were like, we need shit, we need shit. And so I was, I was on like homedepot.ca and on like all, all these different things trying to 
source out what I was going to order and how I was going to get it there as fast as I could. You don't want to be calling up your partner and being like, okay, um, so can you go on to homedepot.ca and look up model number, uh, part number this, and can you get six of those? Okay, add that to your cart. Then can you also- oh, just sorry, one second. You said model number six. The, the, yeah, is model number five, up. is model number five good enough? Um, it, they have model number five C. It looks about <laughs> the same size and specs of it. Will that work? Or does it need to be model? Oh, you're paying $800 for the door? Are you sure? I see the complication. Maybe, I see just... a $600 one here. Maybe we should just get that one. Yeah, but that's 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 a wood frame <laughs> one and we need the solid core one. Are we painting a picture? <laughs> um, okay, so if you could order those and get them sent to the address, uh, get the uh, three-hour shipping. We need it there today. Okay, yeah. I need you to do this right now. No, I don't care if you're at work. We need this in three hours. Um way way overcomplicates yeah. the situation um f the points like they're they're getting they're investing in this project with you because of the return that they're going to get on their money not for the points that they could potentially get like that was not part of your discussions about um what their return is going to be is that they're going to be able to get a flight at the end of it right and and normally for for something like this it would just be materials that we they would be using credit card for right yeah materials yeah. so how much materials do you actually buy on a renovation how much do we spend on materials on average putting me on the spot 40 say 40 it's 40 to 50 yeah uh, i mean you might be able to pay like your your um some of your invoices with it as well but 40 yeah. to 50 let's let's say 40 and what is typically your um your your cash back on a, on a credit card what kind of return are you getting in points if it's points then like you got to be using those points towards like some keg gift certificate or something like that um or maybe travel, travel, travel points, points or whatever else but like what do those travel points um actually turn into in a dollar value because most people don't really understand what the actual dollar value of that is so is it like a two percent cash back on average one percent cash back well uh, on the ca cash back cards yeah, yeah. lots of them are two percent two percent so forty thousand dollars at two percent your for all of that effort your joint venture partner is going to make eight hundred dollars worth of cash back That doesn't sound worth it to me. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think you should throw. I get. I think you, you as the investor, should be using your cashback credit cards. Absolutely. Because that's if you're doing multiple projects every year, buying, selling, buying, selling, buying, selling. I mean, that's a few extra thousand dollars for you. There's a hot tip for you, uh, for you fix and flippers, and for your renovators. Definitely use those cashback cards, or find the credit card that has the best point system, and figure out which one has the best like points per dollar value. Um, make sure that the points can be used to for your business as well. Perhaps they have a really good point system for like Home Depot or for, for Rona or something like that, or Amazon where you can buy all your light fixtures. So if you can get a really good dollar for dollar value on your, on your, on your points uh, and, and the money that you spend on your credit card, I mean, that's, that'd be amazing. That's, that's extra cash for you, for mm -hmm. your business. Mm -hmm. um, but to pass it off to your joint venture partners, so they can save 800 bucks. The, the amount, like I tell you, that'd be the worst three months of your life. Yeah. It's too much. And we talked about this in the last few days, right? When when you partner with someone and you're the expert, you do not want them involved in it at all. Yeah, you want them out. You, you are the boss. You are the one in charge and they bring the money and you have to keep that line in the sand. Otherwise, they're going to be questioning all the work that you do. They're going to be 
They're going to be second guessing everything that you do about the size and the price and everything else. And I know a guy, and oh, I can go down and do, I, no, no, don't pay a landscaper to cut the lawn while you're flipping that property. I'll go down and do it. No, 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 no. This is, this is our business. If you want to invest with us, this is the way we do it. Okay. So when you, when you open up that door, you, you leave yourself vulnerable to disagreements. And that's what ruins joint venture agreements is when, when you, when you share the responsibilities of the day-to-day work. So it's just best to keep money partner and expert separate. So that would be, that would be our answer in regards to, should you allow your joint venture partners to use their credit card um, to pay for materials to, to, to get a better points return? Um, okay. It's one hour. You got to go. Yeah. Okay. Say goodbye. I'll, I'll answer a few more questions here. Goodbye friends. Have a fantastic weekend. You want to give them a little, uh, bye-bye toot toot. Yes. All right. Give her a little bye-bye toot toot. <laughs> okay. Um, back to the questions. Oh, I can't keep, how am I supposed to keep up on the comments when you're gone? Okay. I'm just going to scroll through really quickly. Everybody's saying goodbye to Gabby. Okay, a few more questions. Um, Amber had a question the other day about a um, million dollars in your bank account. Would you get a mortgage uh, or would you buy a smaller property outright? I want to talk about that one on Monday. I'm saving it. Um, what else we got for questions here? If you had to start your real estate investing journey over from the beginning, what would you do? Would you do anything different? That is definitely a conversation for Monday or potentially Tuesday. Um, But I I do have a safe here, Josh. Um, I I took care of Ken's question about aliens. (laughs) And uh, hey, guys, uh, just try and keep it down up there, all right? Little party animals. Okay. Um. Would you prefer your money partner on a flip go on title or for a caveat with you on title? Okay, so first part of this question is um, who who is carrying the financing on your flip? Whoever's carrying the financing will be the one on title, okay? If they're on title, then you would put a caveat, a buyer's interest, not a buyer's interest caveat, um, uh, God dang it. What's, it's not buyer's interest. Oh, man, I'm brain dead. Somebody somebody, correct me. It's too early. Ah. Um, anyways, you would register your caveat on title that you have uh, an interest in the property. Um, and that would be if the other person, whoever's on title, the other person will put a caveat on title to protect their interest. Beneficial. Thank you, Robin. <laughs> It's a beneficial interest. Um, so you just go to the land title's office and say, hey, hey, I have a beneficial interest in this property. You just show your joint venture agreement and they will register a, uh, that caveat on title protect, to protect your interest. So that way your joint venture partner can't sell the property um, without your consent or without removing that caveat first. So what do I prefer? Um, it's whatever makes sense for the deal. Um, do I prefer that my money partner go on, on the title? Uh, I mean... If they're carrying the financing, if both of you guys are carrying the financing jointly, um, then both of you would be on the title. Whoever qualifies for the financing is the one on title. And then the other person has the right to register their their interest on title in the form of a beneficial interest caveat. Okay, I think that's good enough for today. We got those other two great questions. 
um, for for next week. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining in. Um, thank you for all the questions today. Um, Ken says, robust discussions today. It doesn't get any better than this. See you REIs tonight. Looking forward to seeing you too, Ken. Uh, make sure to bring your um, your respirator so I recognize you. And uh, for everybody else, I'll see you either in Edmonton or Calgary, hopefully this weekend. And uh, if I don't, then just have a great weekend. See you on Monday. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com.